I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today with us in the studio we have Bharti. Now the concept of today's podcast is very interesting. It's about learning about different kinds of therapies that we have no clue about. Now. We're going to be talking about dance therapy primarily, but there are so many things that Bharti does that I have no clue about or understanding on. So this is the first time I'm going to listen to about it or learn about it. So Bharti, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm very excited that I have this opportunity to talk about these modalities. So I'm Bharti Jaising. I'm a well-being practitioner, and I work with the modalities of dance movement therapy and expressive arts. And what are these modalities? Is often a question that you know I've been asked and. people kind of find it hard to really understand but it's about really engaging with different art forms so maybe you know if we go back to our childhood when we would play with sand or we would play with different props that are lying around like you know ribbons and different colors or even with the leaves we would not question it so much but as an adult there are so many things that we're layered with and our perspective changes this is silly this is so small why yeah. am i playing with this yeah so hmm. so i think what the magic of this work is that it kind of invites you to a safe space okay So there is no judgment. Hmm. What you carry, how you look, where you come from is not at all important. Hmm. What matters is your creativity, your imagination, and your honesty of showing up as who you are. And what art does is it supports that process. So it's like you say, like dancing. So when you're dancing, there'll be so many times when you're moving from one posture to another posture, one movement to another. Your feelings are constantly kind of you know engaging, and you realize something about you. So there's so much that you're tapping into your subconscious, which is becoming more conscious for you, and that's how you start expressing yourself. So I remember when I was training. So like I've had a journey where I never thought I will move into this you know field of work. How did you get here? What were you doing before? So yeah, so let me go back once again. So basically, I started my career in dancing. Okay. I I trained with Terence Lewis for four years, and I had come from a boarding school from Dehradun, and coming to Bombay. and seeing all these you know different uh, forms of dance like contemporary ballet jazz was something i had not even seen in my life because i came from a school where everything was classical hmm. so coming and this is the exact opposite of it exact, right the structure and then exactly, there is completely yeah exactly and that's what i when i got into it i realized that there's so much that i need to unlearn hmm. to learn hmm. and that's how the journey started but as a dancer as a performer i feel what drove me was servicing like teaching or offering a way to kind of teach someone that how can we do this together hmm. and i feel like i was also very spiritually inclined from like a very early age and i wanted to kind of use dance as a way to kind of spiritually you know like combine it together and show up in the world and say that how can we create value together and that's what led to dance Fantastic. and then from dance from you know moving onwards i got into a space of acting which was also there for 5 6 years so the change in career it was an opportunity and i kind of took that so that learning dance also gave me a lot of confidence to be on camera present myself how do i move how do i look how do i use my body and then and express and right? express that's the yeah, key thing the 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 whole thing is the expression yeah. that is something that was and i feel like whenever i dance whenever i was on stage i felt something very mystic you know it's like a spiritual divine connection you feel you can't put it in words hmm. and that's how i felt and i felt that this is what i want to do and how can i use movement as a way to express yourself Lovely. which is not in boxes in structure hmm. and then acting kind of shaped into you know few years of learning meeting people got beautiful opportunity to work with wonderful people that's where i met my husband also so it's been a great journey 
And then after that, I kind of, you know, there was a period in 2017 when my mom kind of, you know, went through cancer and she was struggling with that. And that was the time where I also got the opportunity to learn dance movement therapy. Okay. And my mom, she's a fighter. She was really encouraging. She said, even if I'm going through my chemo, you need to go and study. And that's how I realized that in Bombay, we have Tata Institute of Social Sciences that provides that platform. Oh, you learned it here? I learned it here. Oh. And because I that didn't have the opportunity to go abroad and learn and I know the opportunities here are very limited. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, I met a friend who kind of encouraged me to go forward with that. And I did. Hmm. And that really opened my mind to how am I looking at dance and movement beyond just doing choreographies or beyond, like you said, just, you know, looking at it as just physical practice. Correct. And that's where I found like this is what we can do in terms of our mental well-being. Mm. We can do check-ins with just movement. And we don't realize like while you and me are talking, we are also kind of moving. Yeah. And there's a constant movement in us, whether we see it or not. And that space gave me that understanding. But that like, you know how you say the practice is all about keep learning, keep learning. And this work is all about when you do it, you learn. Mm. So I can know a lot of theories and a lot of definitions and a lot of words. But till you experience it, you will not understand because it's so much that you have to be with it. It's so much sensorial, like everything is about how you're, you know, the sound, the feel, the touch, you know, everything that kind of shapes within you. And that can only be experience. And that's how the gateway to, uh, you know, reaching to expressive arts happened because another friend was doing it and she encouraged and I said that I really need to open my horizon to not look at it as one art form. Hmm. And that's what expressive arts did. That's why we call it intermodal expressive arts because it's you're using all art forms. You're using visual art. Hmm. Visual art to, you know, inspire you. Visual art to make you play. Visual art to kind of, you know, give open your imagination. Visual art to give you expression. And I was a person who never thought who can write poetry. But as I started learning expressive arts, training in it, I started forming and words shaping from my own inner self, which was like, you know, it felt very different. Mm -hmm. And it felt interesting that, okay, this exists. So basically what the practice is doing is, is telling you that all the resources are already within you. Mm. And this is one modality that is helping you tap it. Interesting. So Bharti, when it Mm. comes to therapy mm-hmm. right like how is this therapy like Correct. how does this connect with that word because I was talking to Kavita and I, mm-hmm. in the studio about it and she's like wow so therapy also through mm-hmm. movement and dance Correct. so of course because it's a very resource oriented work it holds a frame of therapy in the way that the work becomes therapeutic so there is always like for example if it's a space as a practitioner you're creating for creative exploration where it's just introduction where just you're kind of explaining people that okay I will give you a space to kind of you know engage with paint or I'll give you an experience to just move in space and see how your body feels and we kind of you know engage with different like focusing on shifts in the body weight shifting you know how you're feeling light heavy for so example. you're guiding somebody through all of this so as a practitioner you're guiding okay but you're also giving them room hmm. to figure that out on their own the experience so i might tell you okay this is the structure hmm. and you use this paint in terms of how it kind of invites you in that moment hmm. so that paint whether it holds red color green color yellow color that becomes a journey for you so for me i'm just like a guiding like a framework literally and it's analyzed later on yes okay. so we kind of of course there there is a procedure when you come to therapy when you're working with different populations you set different frameworks as to the need of the group right so at that point you will look into it as to how what follows so how do you invite them into the space how do you guide them into the process then how do you harvest the process hmm. what is it that really touched 
and inspired them while they were just maybe using their fingers and moving the paint on the sheet of paper. Correct. So that is sensorial, right? There is the sensation that is kind of you know starting to emerge within and you. And the memories that it brings back and. Yeah, so it can connect to the memories. It can connect to something that you thought of future. It could be that you really could be in the present moment and experience the strength of it, hmm. and experience that how much this feeling makes me feel calm or or uh, brings certain memories that I'm able to look at it in a different you know light and i feel that opens up it's like you're opening your door of imagination and it can lead you to in any way and you're not judged for it mm. so when you come to therapy spectrum it becomes therapeutic on its own but when you're specifically working in a frame of just therapy then you set the frame differently right so your goals will be different goals in that context goals will be different how will you guide it'll be different mm. what are the words vocabulary what is the you know the framework is it a uh, something we call like a tight frame and a soft frame mm. so that depends on the people you're working with so now like i'm working with ngo called skill shakti and there are adults on neurodiverse spectrum so for them the frame has to be in certain form like very guided mm. because you need to be sensitive they are very like they cannot take too much loud noise you have to be sensitive as to how you're talking to them somebody might not like touch correct if you can stay away if you can be sensitive to that aspect eye contact all those kind of eye things eye contact yeah these are the things that kind of you know so you need to look at it okay my frame has to be this much but maybe if i'm doing like a workshop with you know like people who just want to come from a creative ex the space is really open mm. then you can kind of you know involve a lot of things spontaneously also right. and that's the beauty of it because it's so abstract sometimes you have to figure out a way as a practitioner spontaneously in the process as to how do you kind of shape it very interesting yeah. i'll tell you a funny story so yeah. when i'd gone to my therapist yeah. not dance or movement or any yeah. of those <laughs> yeah. so she said okay ashton i want you to buy a set of crayons and i want you to paint sure. or draw this yeah. thing yeah and suddenly probably 2 minutes or 3 minutes into the painting mm. i was like I don't know why I'm getting so agitated mm. and suddenly I remembered about one kid stealing my brown crayon and breaking it in school and and this now suddenly it become traumatic instead of becoming cathartic yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah it was so interesting to see mm. something that I'd never done for so many years yeah suddenly elicit this kind of a response True. in me True. and also it's like simple right uh, you know we say that if you want to do something simple that is the most toughest because we complicate it with no it should be like this also we get stuck in that fear of what can i do can and it look good, good? Enough. am i creative enough yeah. i don't know how to paint am i artistic enough i failed art every exam that i had in school so exactly so i was also not a person who was you know into painting or drawing i was always into dancing or music and you know for me also art was something like i never looked at it the way when i looked at it when i was doing expressive arts hmm. that i said there is so much that i'm conditioned how do i unlearn hmm. how do i make it simple how can i make best of something from what i have hmm. so even if we take back in life wherever we are in our situation we want to like if i receive something more it could be money or something support i can do better but this practice you you can do amazing things with what you have very interesting and i remember i did one expressive art session and i wanted to do something with nature mm-hmm. and i wanted to bring some elements and i realized that why don't i take just all the masalas from my kitchen mm. and will use them as a symbol to kind of have a like you know a cathartic experience and i remember somebody said that i found this star anise and i found a cardamom stick and the smell of it or the touch of it really became something very therapeutic 
because it took them back to that you know how you said that uh, that memory from the past the and what memory, happened, happened that or the time. taste that they really like mm. and what that taste really elicits in them correct so that becomes very interesting and that you're not doing that that's a very individual experience so it's almost like you're setting a context and you're stepping back Absolutely. and seeing what happens yeah so i'm just holding the space right. because there sometimes moments happen when somebody can really go into a very deep experience mm. or something can really emerge that they are not able to hold and that's why you need a certain practice and experience to kind of do that for someone so it cannot be just something just i'm just playing with arts and i can hold it for myself when you have a practitioner they can hold it and they can take you in a deeper process mm. So that's why you need that guidance. Now, before we started our podcast, yeah, we yeah. were having a conversation, and you rattled off some thirty-five thousand four hundred sixty-two modalities. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, what yeah. are all those yeah. things that you were telling me about? Just can you? Yeah. See so, them for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was telling you about what are the art forms that we use in expressive arts, that could be like visual art, poetry, creative writing, contemplative photography. There could be slowly, slowly, slowly yeah. explain all of them. Okay. So hmm. visual art is something like you see and you kind of you know. Uh, create with that what what is inspired. So like paints, paint. Yeah, the paint, the pastels. You know, there are cutting so, collages out yeah, and yeah. all of that is part Absolutely. of this. Absolutely, collage making, all of that comes under it. Mm. Then you have poetry, creative writing. So poetry is more about you know how you're shaping the words in your own poetic form. And then when you come to creative writing, they're like just you know playing with words, like literally like scribbling, mm. making sentences of something that like suppose if I give you a prompt like I am, mm. that I am can shape into I am amazing, I am so. And so forth, and then when you have contemplative photography, basically what you do is contemplative photography. Yeah, so okay. co- contemplative is because you can contemplate your process into what is meaningful for you. So, for example, if I have a camera and I kind of need to move around with that camera and have a frame. Now it's different if I give you if we do this together I'll give you a frame and you look at from here 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 and different level of spaces and you will see that every time you look at it it looks different it has mm. a different shape different form so that is contemplative so I can take it towards a plant and I can find so many frames that otherwise when I'm just witnessing and walking I might look at it as just a plant which has a yellow color flower but how does it become contemplative because I dive deeper into the layers of that this is very interesting so We live in a selfie generation, yes. right? We yes. live in a for one image, we'll take five hundred different pictures, sure. and then we'll s- select the best one out of this. Yeah. Correct? That's the kind of yeah. life we're living. How can we become more mindful and add contemplative photography into our daily mm. lives? We're gonna take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. So I would. keep going back to this exercise that we kind of did as practitioners about mm. setting like a frame for example like a piece of paper or maybe just me going with my camera and walking in the garden mm. and there'll be so many moments when i will sit with the green for example green in itself is so calming and soothing the color right we look at trees if i use my phone and i kind of you know capture those small small moments that really touches me hmm. it could be the green feeling soothing Correct. it could be the tree and i i like the magnanimity of it you know how it is there and how it is kind of offering me courage hmm. so i remember it was a beautiful when we were studying expressive arts in orville so me and my friend we kind of did like a activity together which our teacher had given and we kind of spoke about how when we were in lockdown 
we were in our house it felt like a box we live in mumbai mm. right we don't have the kind of space and uh, from our windows there was i had like one tree which is still there and i kind of always keep going i would sit at that window for hours and maybe have conversation maybe just observing maybe just seeing how it makes me feel sometimes really using my hands to move with the way the you know the leaves are moving and i'll say oh wow there's movement and that is inspiring interesting And a friend of mine did the same thing. She would have these birds. She would converse with. She would take pictures of those birds, their sound, the color that they had. Very interesting. And we both wrote a poem on that. Mm. So it became so meaningful for us because that held us through that two three months of lockdown, which kind of encouraged us to have hope, to have the strength, to not give up on yourself, to not feel defeated. to know that you know nature there's life mm. and your life and you can really reconnect with that just by maybe through your window in fact that was my question was this an exercise in creativity was this an exercise in connection was this an exercise in like what was this as so, an exercise for it was just an exercise for us to share our experience as to how creatively we are able to support our experience okay so it was just a creative resource and for us we found that through our window hmm. and imagine it's like if you look at it expressive arts is windows different windows it's a frame of something it's a moment in that yeah, you're capturing yeah mm. you're capturing the moment so like you said how will you look at it in your daily life so mm. for example when we tell somebody that why don't you go take a walk mm. you know outdoors go for like 15 minutes every day it's good for your body and for your mind in that 15 minutes you will be in nature there's beautiful sky if you're going at sunset time you can see there are so many colors that takes place you know in the sky there are form of clouds that you kind of attracted to there are trees there are flowers there's birds there's animals There's so much that is inviting, so you can always use your phone to kind of capture that. I love this. So the next time you go for a walk, mm-hmm. right, which is something that you probably hopefully do sure. every day and yeah. do something. Yeah. Take your phone with you. Take one picture or something that you find has meaning to you. Has meaning to you, or if not, meaning is really touching, or is something inviting. Inviting. Because sometimes what happens, we want to make meaning of everything, and That's then it gets add complicated. Layers to it, right? Yeah. So it could be I saw a leaf, hmm. and I don't know. This just leaves feels really inviting. I just want to, you know, capture it. Nice. And maybe frame it, and I don't know what it'll become for me. Maybe when I'll see it after a week or ten days, I can write something on it. Interesting. So it's not I'm taking the most beautiful picture right no. now. to make it no. like a, no. a prize winning photograph none of that yeah. so don't evaluate what you're done Absolutely. just do something take a picture of something that's inviting you calling to you yes and in fact what happens is that over a period of time you realize that all these resources they become such supportive uh, ways for you to hold yourself the days when you're not feeling up for doing anything when mm. you feel like hopeless mm. or you don't have the motivation and when you look back and you open these resources they make you realize that you're amazing just the way you are there's enough for you there's already so much that you can explore but you just need to kind of you know open your mind to it mm-hmm. and like i said when we come to therapy that is a challenge because people are conditioned in so many ways to break that to unlearn to open to be open to new ideas mm. and to think that i can make something out of nothing is a challenge correct so what happens is arts are not forcing you mm. they're supporting they're saying okay if you're here we are here with you mm. when you're here we are here with you when how do you get here, rid of that evaluative mindset when you're doing these right yeah. is automatically my mind goes is good enough is not yeah. good enough yeah so i think the best way is you know when we started when you spoke about movement hmm. and i feel like you yourself realize that when you're moving what happens at that time in that moment your thoughts are kind of like you know they kind of move away 
your attention comes to moving the experience okay if i'm just like maybe if i ask you that you know we kind of let's just start moving our hands and we kind of like i'll kind of mirror your movement what will happen is in that moment you will completely forget what you were stressed about or you know am i looking good am i moving right and what will happen is if i keep supporting that with you you will forget the fact that anybody is judging you and are you looking good are you creating something more than what you should mm. so that's what happens in a form of art is you're in a form of play mm. you're in that moment you're really living that you're experiencing you're touching it feeling it looking at it you're you know smelling it you can kind of even hear the sound of it yeah so it drops the judgment and as you keep going deeper in the pro- it drops even more and when something comes up for you you have it to hold it for mm. you Is there a moment that happens? Mm-hmm. Is there a switch that takes place? That yeah. So I, I like when you start, mm-hmm. say, if you're sure. getting to yeah. dance and or, or drawing something. Yeah. Does the evaluation bug creep into your head as well? It does. Hmm. It does. As a practitioner, as a person who's into creativity, whose work is to find ways to create, you definitely feel those blocks, and sometimes you feel like I don't think it's enough. I don't know. I know enough. I don't think I can do enough. There's so much more. What is it that I'm not able? So all of these things happen hmm. very natural. And I think the beautiful aspect that I've learned in this practice also, because as a practitioner, I like the fact that I'll always be a practitioner. I'll keep learning. There's never going to come a point where I know it all. Where am I? expert at it yeah hmm. and i don't want to call myself that because the it keeps me grounded keeps me going it keeps me motivated to learn Correct. and learn new and that that really you know humbles me as a person in my experience hmm. and i think what i learned recently very beautiful when we make space for ourselves and when we allow something that is not working for us whether it's judgment whether it's discomfort whatever we say hmm. when we make space for it when we say okay this is what i'm feeling and this is something that is going to stay with me so our fears tend to stay with us hmm. maybe the intensity kind of lessens as we grow and we evolve Correct. but they're not leaving us they're not going anywhere so how do i make space for it if i can make space for it it's going to be with me but it's not going to consume me there's a definite jaga for it yeah and i have to make it because if i don't have that hmm. it will not challenge me to you know open my mind to something new hmm. because when there is a roadblock that is when i'm pushed to actually see beyond my own limitation so it's almost like that evaluative mind is a good thing to overcome overcome hmm. it's needed this needed but you have to also make space for it so it doesn't consume you you make you make your friend you become friend with that fear or that judgment and that will help you kind of make space for things that you want to create Nothing. and imagination is something that you keep you know it's like a layer you keep peeling it keep peeling it today i know this much tomorrow this much this much then maybe i'm stuck there for a long yeah, and time and the more information that goes in the more creative you become exactly right exactly. so creativity is a way that you mix the information or the memories that you have in your head exactly and i feel like you know if like i go back to saying simple hmm. so if i tell you that okay let's put our fingers in the paint the first hesitation is oh you know my clothes will get spoiled i don't know my nails my huh? nails and hmm. all but the moment you'll dip it and you will feel something hmm. the texture of it hmm. and then we kind of take it forward from that and you will forget the judgment and then when you come out of it you will be like a you there'll be a shift in you which you can be it can be this much this much this much Correct. it's about you it's so true yeah right yeah. The, even something as simple as putting kumku mm-hmm. right right now diwali is going on you're going to put, put your finger on kumku sure. and put it on somebody's forehead yeah. even that there is so much evaluation chi so what will happen mm-hmm. what does it feel like yeah you're absolutely, absolutely right it's that somatic touch aspect of it in fact this also when you say this this takes me back to oroville hmm. when we met these ladies from ngo who basically makes they weave bags 
you know, to earn money. And what they do is they make kolam, hmm. art with kolam, yeah. right? That's their culture. That's the white yeah. rice powder. That's their ritual practice. Correct. And we went there and we wanted to learn how they use it and how, you know, they use fingers, they fit so much of it and then they create so many flowers and, you know, different lines and shapes. And we did one session with them and when we asked them about their experience, they said, this is in our culture. We wake up in the morning and make a column It's like an auspicious thing. But when we asked them that how did it feel to just make art, they said it brings immense joy in us. It gives us hope. You know, when we draw these beautiful flowers, we make these circles, these shapes, they really bring us together. And they make us realize how amazing we are just as we are with the limited resources. So imagine the kolam powder and the art with kolam. How we, therapeutic that is itself, mm, right? We might not look at it. We like, look at kolam and mujhe nahi aata. I can't do it. I don't know how to draw. But for them, it became a therapeutic practice and they love it. Yeah. In fact, this reminds me of a story one Kolam therapist practitioner yeah. told me about. Yeah. Yeah. And she was saying that, and this is funny, which was that uh, mothers go around looking at the different columns in the villages to identify mm. potential uh, daughter-in-law. Yeah. Right? And I was <laughs> okay. like, what? Yeah, because you can make out like what mentality and temperament from yeah. the way the columns being yeah. done. I was like, so interesting. Like in Maharashtra, we have Kanda Poha, right? It's like exactly. same principle. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, there are so many lenses that we are kind of wearing to kind of view it. And I feel that this expressive arts, dance movement, it really opens up ways for people to really be accepted, embrace the way they are. And that is what is missing. We all want to be authentic. We want to show up as like who we are, authenticity. But how do we carry it? How do we know who we are? So I think how this, do we this know helps who we with are? that itself. Yeah, how do you know who you are? And even if you don't know who you are, but what happens is there are so many layers to you that you're kind of unfolding and that unfolding mm. of it is something that is powerful and that cannot be put in words so when you're asked it has to also, be expressed it has to be felt you're right yeah so I feel like as practitioners who are working in this field we also struggle to explain mm. what it is mm. but we can say for sure with passion with all kind of honesty that this will really make shifts that you're looking for and it will create that pathway for you that you're looking for because it's a journey. So it takes you back to, you know, that whole simple life that life is like nature. We go back to that. Going back to simplicity. Alright, so that was Bharti and we were discussing about dance therapy. Now, this was only part one. So make sure you go and listen to part two because that's when we deep dive into understanding your body and the way it moves and how it stores your emotions. So stay tuned for part two. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashton Doc on Twitter and Instagram. We have a brand new habit coaching online course, quizzes, videos and a lot more on the website awesome180.com. So check it out now. <laughs>